0: Hey everybody, so in today's episode I have filmmaker Joshua Martin coming on to talk about the latest news in camera tech And also two years of owning the black magic pocket cinema camera 4k What our experiences are and what we like about the camera more on that after this Joshua Martin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing
0: fine. I'm doing fine. Great to have you here. Great to be talking uh, cameras. Great to be talking tech. Uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, there's been a lot of releases in the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean we're not, it's not over yet. <laughs> no, no. I mean we what we still have the uh, the A seven three coming up, right? Yeah. 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 Wow! Wow. Um. So so, what what's your take been on the uh, on the news that's come out? Because I mean, I think the Black Magic was a surprise for everybody. Um. I didn't yeah, see. We- I saw an Ursa coming, but I didn't know it was going to come like now this
1: week. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know what was coming. I, I heard chatter a few weeks ago that Black Magic is going to release a new camera. Didn't know really what it was going to be. I was hoping to see like a, a new form factor, but um, they, you know, they stuck with the Ursa design. And pack 12k resolution in it. That's that's crazy, man. So uh, yeah. First I just like, why, why who needs it? But then it's like, well, I mean, there match has always been the one of the camera manufacturers to kind of push the envelope and and see what's next. So mm-hmm. they've been developing this technology for what the like three last three years or so. So
0: yeah, that, that's what John Brawley said. you posted a really great article. Um yeah. where he kind of goes into you know what it does. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that this is like a completely different sensor. Uh, and it's really interesting technology that again, I've said it before. It isn't necessarily for everybody, but it's something really cool that, um, really pushes the boundary. Um, and it's also innovative. It's going to make a lot of the other camera companies kind of change their strategy, not necessarily for 2020, but maybe the Mm -hmm. end of 2021, maybe the beginning of 2022, um right, right. so it's interesting it's interesting how they how they went about it how the Bayer pattern is different um i was mm-hmm. chatting with uh the dit on one of the films i'm working on the star trek fan film and he's right. in love with it uh, and he's a red guy uh and he's oh, like wow. did you see the Bayer? did you see what they're doing with the rgb and it's like the fact that you can shoot 8k full sensor or 12k full sensor or 4k full sensor i've never heard of that and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i know i haven't heard of it either it's right. it's pretty yeah. pretty insane it's pretty insane what they're yeah. doing um so it's so it's it's cool. And, and I think one of the reasons 12K is possible with this camera is actually uh, be raw. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the main reasons of how of how, you know, with modern day cards, we can, you know, do that kind of file sizes because the file sizes don't get me wrong. They're they're not going to be small, but they're no, nowhere they're near like what that? things would have been. Yeah, they're nowhere mm-hmm. near what things would have been in CDNG. You
1: can have done it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That would be ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. you had to carry around six terabytes with you
0: <laughs> yeah for re- i mean so so like let's so let's the fact that you can know uh, there's there's cfast cards you can use you can use mm-hmm. external ssds um yeah. you, they have that ssd box that um you mm-hmm. can Maybe put on the back like, of the 12k yeah, yeah i don't you, know why you use it
1: these, yeah
0: yeah. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily know why you, why you'd use that specifically unless you wanted everything to be form fit because there's only, yeah. it's only just cause there's so many options. There's so many SSDs. Yeah. Um, yep. it's really cool. It's, uh, it's, it's different. And the fact that you could shoot slow-mo 8k, I think it does, um, higher frame rates in 8k 100. than the Monstro does.
1: Yeah. It goes what? 110 frames a second yes. in 8k? I believe so. It, uh, go down the scales. Up. I think what is it? Two forty and four K. I think. I think it was. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's a hundred in twenty and four K if you're shooting full sensor, and then it's yeah. two hundred and twenty if you're shooting at a super sixteen crop, in four K. Yeah, I and that's, that's when you right do right. have to use the crop. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bing! Bing is Bing is here. Uh, funny, I brought him up. Uh, give me one sec. I'm actually bringing the uh, YouTube or, or sorry, the Facebook to public so we can see comments. And there we go. That's okay. what I was waiting to do. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Um, so, yeah. So. Wow, there's there's been also a lot of talk of the uh, 12K on the groups and the groups have been kind of going crazy on Facebook. You know, the groups are all over the place, but
1: <laughs> holy moly, um, yeah. it, it's it's been interesting. Yeah. It's been um, a, a lot of mixed emotions. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I, Gerald undone actually just did a stream and he's kind of talking about people's um, people's very straightforward, concrete thoughts about how this is this and these guys mm. don't know what they're talking about. And it's kind of like with, mm. with cameras and the 12 K um, black magic, you know, we were talking before the stream, there's so many different applications, not just, you know, e- getting the shot as a, as a DP or, um, using it for corporate work or doing action sports, um, Mm -hmm. or shooting a documentary. It's, there's not just that there's so many other applications for cameras that, uh, not your and my application isn't going to be the same as this guy over there. So it's the, you have to, you can't say in concrete. I think the biggest, uh, term on the YouTube videos right now is we don't need 12 K. Well, I don't need 12 K. You May not yeah. need 12k, but this guy who does CGI, like like you were saying, Avatar with James Cameron, mm-hmm. they may yeah. benefit from that. Um, so
1: yeah, so with Star Wars, The Mandalorian, they use these yep. the virtual set, and mm-hmm. I can imagine you want the high resolution, you know, cameras to capture that all that digital screen in the background. And and they did phenomenal. I mean, obviously, they did a phenomenal job if you watch The Mandalorian. Yep. But along longest mm-hmm. i didn't know that was a virtual screen i didn't know that was a virtual set so i didn't, I didn't either um, just, yeah i didn't even know until i saw the behind the scenes i'm like what the heck so <laughs> there's so many other so many applications that we just don't really know what um this this industry is moving forward to um for towards so mm-hmm. you know got to sit back see how it trickles down to the smaller consumers if you want to stay that you know stay in that level is mm-hmm. bigger technology is always going to trickle down to what we need look at r5 look at the a73s look at Team um, mm-hmm. black magic now because before yeah. to get 12k in a higher end cam- camera you're going to spend probably upwards of a 30 40 sixty thousand dollars
0: yeah yeah no absolutely and and that's before you outfit it that's just body yeah. only you're spending like uh yeah, i think yeah. it was like 45 or something or something like that but reg- or, you know you're spending way more so the fact that you mm-hmm. can get it for ten thousand i saw um Linus tech tips did a video and he is like, <laughs> I bought five of them. And, and the one dude, <laughs> was like, why? Yeah. He, he bought five and he, and they're, they're like, so why did you buy five? And he's like, well, I look at it like this. Black magics are so hard to get that. If they're really good, I'm going to go sell all my reds and I'm still on top mm-hmm. or I'm going to sell these black magics and I'm still on top because they'll be really hard to get. And I'm like, it's actually got a fair point there. If you got the money to do that, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, yeah. but, but, um, <laughs> so, so on the, uh, on the subject of the 12K, before this becomes an entire show on that camera, um, mm-hmm. y- you, sh- you uh, sent me an article, or I, s- I saw you post an article on Facebook right. about John Brawley, who's, who's yes. this amazing DP who's basically done a lot of the test footage from, for most of the Blackmagic cameras. And he posted mm-hmm. some interesting tidbits of information yeah. on his um, post about like, the sensor and the RGB patterns. What did you think mm-hmm. about the article?
1: Um, to be honest, I haven't finished it, but I, I just kind of yeah. just, it's a lot. Good points there. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, for me, it's my week's been kind of crazy. So it's like I kind of looked at it at a glance. But one of the things that that stuck out to me is that you know, this is a Super 35 sensor, it kind of acts like a full frame. So he was talking about how in 12K, 8K, and 4K, since you're shooting the entirety of the sensor, um, mm-hmm. it's essentially your, for instance, he gave an example of your 18, 18 millimeter lens. You wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily apply a 1.5 crop because of the Super 35 sensor. You would have a, a 18 mil. Like you have a true focal length of what you're using.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, that's very interesting coming from, you know, because I have a Super 35 Z Cam S6 mm-hmm. camera and mm-hmm. that's roughly like a 1.5 crop on, on open gate and it starts to crop in as you go on with the different resolutions. Um, but I'm still kind of like, I'm just trying to understand like, how does that even work on a super 35? So I'm looking at an article now. And he says it right here. If you know, if you, your 18 mil lens is still looking like 18 mil lens when you shoot 8K, uh, 12K, 8K uh, and 4K. And then, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really crop into that. So that's, that's pretty mind blowing. Well, and
0: the one thing I'm thinking when he's saying that is not necessarily that you're going to get like the traditional full frame field of view. But I think it's the fact that you can shoot in 4K and 8K full sensor. You're not mm-hmm. doing the crop in on the sensor like you would yeah, with the I traditional Black Magic's. Yeah, yep. you're just—it's the same field of view no matter what. It's the resolution change. Because, um, because mm-hmm. look, it, like we're going to talk about later on the pocket—that's one of the things with the pocket. You shoot yeah. lower than its than its max resolution, and you're cropping in on the camera um, on the mm-hmm. sensor. Just, that's just—that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And I guess that's—I mean, when you're shooting RAW, it made sense because you're shooting fi- uh, pixel for pixel. And that's mm-hmm. what's interesting about this technology. You're shooting raw video, but you're able to shoot 4K raw video, full sensor on a 12K sensor. Uh, it's right. interesting. It's it's very very different. Um, so let's let's move on to the the. There's really one other major release that happened this week, uh, and it is the uh, Canon R5. And that may have been last week. At this point,
1: yeah, uh, especially because now, now um uh, people are getting their hands on the camera. I've seen some production mm. models and people's hands. Well, at least I think Can is loaning them out, at least.
0: Yep, yeah. Yep, so yep, so yep, what yep. do you think?
1: Um, to be honest, I've never been a fan. I'm not a fan of DSLR style cinema cameras, even though I previously mm-hmm. owned a pocket 4K. Um, right. but Canon did do something out of character, I think. Um, allowing mm-hmm. um, you know, eight K. A uh, full frame, no crop, uh, with high frame rates. That's very uncannon-like in the history of, in the recent history of, like the lower end, high sorry, high end professional to lower end. The cinema cameras they're mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, a little bit different. The 500, 300, but mm-hmm. um, the R, the R series since they released the R previously. The, is it called the Canon R? That's what the re- uh,
0: the EOS R five. Or are you talking about no, the, the first one?
1: The first one, yeah.
0: Yeah, the EOS R.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that system obviously opened the the gate for mirrorless and and all the absolutely they, all that they want to do for full frame. So um, uh, that being said, I think it's interesting about this whole uh, it overheating and stuff. Um, I've, all I've been hearing is chatter. I don't know if it's just from the pre-production model that's happening, or if that's going to be happening with the current models that are going to be released to the public. That would mm-hmm. be very upsetting if that's the case, because then, yep. you know, coming from hearing from other people like Tony Norford and whatnot, the yeah. the wait time that you need to have to restart shooting is is not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're on a you know, high, I don't see that using on a on a set. You don't. No, don't see not that at that. all. It's so is it all. a gimmick? I, I don't know. AK just for the consumer, I'm, you know.
0: <laughs> well, my my thoughts on it was I came out with the video. Basically, when they announced the EOS R5 and they were saying how it had 8K raw video, I was wrong with my prediction, but my prediction was, guys, this camera is going to be way more expensive than any of you are thinking. Now, mm-hmm. with the overheating, it makes sense because this camera is not nearly as expensive as I thought it was. I thought it was going to be yeah. between like six and $8,000. This camera yeah, is under be- 4000 Now mm-hmm. that they didn't put a crazy fan in it like the Lumix S1H has. Um, and they said that part of the reason they didn't put a fan in is they wanted to keep this small form factor and also it keeps the price down, however they made it. So I think Mm -hmm. to get a camera that shoots 8k raw video, uh, the size of what it is, it's, it's a DSLR. It's, it's not like Mm -hmm. it's a cinema camera. It's not even as big as the pocket 4k. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it made sense. It made sense that there was going to be some kind of trade-off and I don't think it's, the cripple hammer that everyone thinks it's going to be but this is how you're getting 8k raw in a camera that's under four thousand dollars you know they right. this with the technology they had the, the heat sink i guess was was not whatever heat sink they put in that's what they could put in for that budget to keep the cam the camera the size it was so okay. i'm not upset with it i um, wouldn't necessarily buy it as a primary camera maybe down the right, line right. After people buy it and they've used it, maybe it's a great secondary 8K camera that you get like B-roll with. But you're obviously you're yeah, not shooting documentary interviews with it. Anything that that no, has I mean, that's probably, long almost arm.
1: like you need 4K for that. But and also mm-hmm. if it's, um, I see more like maybe one of those not crash cams, but like a camera that you need to stick mm-hmm. in the middle of in a car or, or mm-hmm. a vehicle, or some sort of like small area where you want to get the high resolution so you to re- reframe and recrop. You you know get your theme shot and that two minutes and you're within that threshold and sure that works right yeah so um am i too far away from my mic i'm just i just realized that no you're, <laughs> that
0: not you obvious. sound good on sound good on my end guys we, we, okay. we got some people watching let us know uh What's your thoughts on these cameras? Some of you may be casual viewers. Some of you may be into it. If Bing's still here, Bing, tell us what you like about the uh, but the Ursa Mini Pro 4K, uh, not 4K, the uh, 12K. Geez, you know, yeah. this 12K <laughs> still mind boggles me. That that they just yeah. they, they they were literally like, yeah, no, 8K is the future, but we're going 12K. It's all good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, that's cute. That's cute.
0: We got yeah. 12K. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, so the the other thing too is you know that sensor on the R5 is is big. It's full frame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I give them props for keeping it that small with having a mm-hmm. full, a full frame, eight K sensor. We got, uh, we got Bing in chat. The jury is still out until a lot of testing is done. I agree. I agree. And and yeah. that's why Uh, I guess one thing, even though we moved away from the black magic, one thing I forgot to mention, I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. fan of jumping in the black magic cameras off the bat and getting the first model. I've done it with a lot of their cameras I heard. Yeah. It's been an issue. There's always been an issue and and I love them. Yeah. I love black magic. Mm-hmm. I've had an issue every camera I got when I was first off the line. And That's I would crazy. let someone who else who really wants it that bad to kind of take that plunge. Mm-hmm. and Maybe get it six months after it's been out. That's just yeah, my. Thing.
1: I waited. I waited six, about six, seven months before I bought my pocket last year. Yeah, I, mean, I had, had massive issues. Over,
0: we, we, we could talk about that when we go to the pocket, but I had, I had massive right, issues right. when I got my pocket. Right. right. Um, so okay, so that's the EOSR. I mean, you've probably seen if you guys are into cameras, you've probably seen many videos on the EOSR.
1: It overheats come out though. today, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I don't want that. I want non-biased videos to kind of see mm-hmm. you know whether whether it sticks the lands the punch or not. Cause listen, you know, it does 10 bit. It does, I think it does, I don't know if it does 10-bit 4K. Uh, at 120 frames, it would be interesting to find out. But I know that there is that overheating problem almost on all of the 10 bit modes. Oh, no, Something else yeah. that would be interesting is is do the 8 bit modes overheat? Because I would almost, if it's 4K 8 bit, I would kind of think that they probably don't overheat. It's probably just 10 bit and above.
1: Mm. Um, I, but I don't oh know. God, that's, it's crazy actually that they pair 45 megapixel full frame sensor with with this 8K. I mean, I guess. I guess that makes sense, but it's a high megapixel sensor too. So that could be because normally, yeah, normally yeah, in yeah. camera, yeah. Normally in cameras you get a, a slightly smaller resolution in terms of megapixels yeah. dealing with high resolution for video. Uh Sony does that, um, Z cam does that. Um, mm-hmm. um most camera manufacturers kind of do that. So it's interesting that they're packaging this as, as a photo camera and a video camera because mm-hmm. 45 megapixels mm-hmm. that's creeping on like medium format. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and it's 8K raw using the full sensor. I mean, I don't, how do you do 8K raw when 8, 8K is like 18 megapixels, right? Equivalent, something like that. So if you're shooting 8K raw and it's a 45 megapixel sensor, like how you, I'm not saying you can't do it. You're obviously doing it. How are you doing it? You know, like, like black, we know how black magic's doing it. They have the different sensor Mm -hmm. with the RGB, but how's Canon doing it? Uh, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, is that contributing to why it's overheating? Because it's taking this 45 megapixel sensor and not 17 by nine. Mm-hmm. So you're cutting a little bit on the top and the bottom, but still mm-hmm. the majority mm-hmm. of the sensor is being used. Be interesting to find mm-hmm. out. And, I, and I, like you said, we'll find out more as more people get it in their hands. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: they got MS stabilization. They, they, pack, they jam packed this thing. They had the five axis um, MS stabilization and body stabilization as well. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: and the ibis that was a great thing that they added to the camera but uh yeah. i'm trying to think of any other interesting features they got the 4k 120 uh weird weird that i guess they didn't do
1: 6k uh because because oh, if you're trying that to that sample i didn't see is it as an option. option
0: i did not yeah, see it as an option
1: 8k and 4k i don't see 6k did they put the dual autofocus in here? they well? did yeah, they, they did do- the that was auto-focus. that was
0: a and it's in the 8k mode apparently Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. Which that's pretty cool because, and I'll get to it when I go on the Komodo chat, but that's the big thing with Canon. Their dual pixel autofocus is so great. It's really great. Yeah. It's, it it definitely helps, you know, would you use it in a feature film? Nah, probably not. But if, would you use it like if you're doing a run and gun doc or or shooting a live Mm -hmm. event? Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's see, we got some comments here. We got... Josh Ben Bernales, not surprised, excited for the R five, more for the Sony. I don't use either for video, but it's a nice uh, a nice hybrid vi- uh, for weddings would be sweet. And and I think that's mm-hmm. a great segue to talk about the uh, the last camera that's about to be released, which we spoke a little right. bit about yesterday. The Sony A 7s III, three, a lot of speculation out right now on that camera, especially with a release mm-hmm. uh, a release date actually put out there. Um, mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point. You brought up a good point that um look, we don't really know what the specs are until they officially announce it. It's a lot of rumors, yeah. a lot of people are very excited. But one thing that that you did see is that it outputs 16 bit raw mm. over whatever oh. it, whether it's HDMI or SDI, but it outputs 16 bit yeah, raw. I
1: think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's gonna be a real thing. Yeah. In the latest report and on um camera pixel, is it sorry, Peter Pixel? <laughs> It mm-hmm. still says 16 bit raw output, and and that's that would be ridiculous if this camera does that, um, mm-hmm. and claiming no heating, no overheating as well. Yeah, well, and well, did it didn't. would make sense externally. Right, right. And then um, um, they're going with only 4K, 4K raw over HDMI, which I don't know. We talked about this. We don't know if it's going to be through like Atomos recorder or some other capturing mm-hmm. raw mm-hmm. capturing. So,
0: yeah, and I yeah, guess it's a, a to expand on it. On. To expand on it, we were looking at, you know, you have ProRes RAW, which captures mm-hmm. 16-bit, but there's not nearly the type of customization that you have in RedCode or, yeah. um, or B-RAW. Yep. So you get that 16-bit, but you don't have the customization. Then bring B-RAW into the, into the equation, and if it can shoot B-RAW, B-RAW maxes out at 12-bit. So, mm-hmm. you can have that customization like ISO, white balance, whatever. And actually, I think ProRes Raw, you can do white balance. You just can't do the ISO. Um, but you, so you have the ISO, but you're only at 12 bit and you're taking an 18, 16 uh, bit uh, signal. Be interesting. Yeah. If, if you can do both, I guess at that point, you can choose which one you want. My guess is it's probably going to be uh, ProRes Raw because that's in, in a more open format. You can use it in Final Cut and Right. I think you can use it in Premiere now. I think they just added an update a bit ago.
1: Pro is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can add it. You can do it in Premiere. um yeah. It's funny. I, I there was some test footage on the ZCam Facebook group, and I just grabbed some to test out. I graded mm-hmm. it a little bit. It was very interesting. I never graded an H HLG before because that's the wide mm-hmm. gamut I used The color space okay. I used. Um, and yeah, if, if at first it felt very limiting, and it felt like it just it was a little too aggressive to make the fine uh, finesses that I, I was used to making in DaVinci, because I was using oh. uh, Final Cut Pro to. because gotcha. you have to use Final Cut Pro or or uh, Premiere, right? So right. Um, I did a combination of um, Film Convert and um, uh, Final Cut Pro to do the the touches, and I after a while I got it to react to how i needed to react um i feel like they apple does need to release some a little bit more uh freedom with this ProRes raw because i think it could be a very viable asset especially with the z cam system um to compete with b-roll i love b-roll b-roll is fantastic they did a phenomenal job of developing that the workflow mm-hmm. is very easy um, and you can create really great um uh color out of it because it doesn't yeah. it doesn't break as well uh, once you learn how to use that system and shoot well and expose you don't you know where the threshold of where it breaks so mm-hmm. um,
0: i agree i agree i think the my main thing with b-raw or my main two things is you have your raw tabs similar to how you did before but much farther uh, much smaller file sizes and yeah. that was just kind of like whew, blew my mind
1: the yeah, fact that they can to get them all to- was great
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i I've, I've i haven't used 12 to one that much to be fair i think the lowest mm-hmm. i've really gone i've used q5 uh but really 18 is what i've used not a lot but for some interview stuff i've done 18 or yeah. sorry not 18 yeah. um uh eight, eight to one. uh eight to one
1: yeah i was uh, always in three to one i used 12 to one for event stuff because i wanted to still tweak what i need to tweak Gotcha. So, gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I mean, we'll have to see what they do, and and uh, I think the announcement is the twenty eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, for the, uh, July
1: twenty eighth. Yeah, that's okay,
0: July twenty eighth. So, stay tuned, and yeah. and you know, we'll talk about it more when it comes out. But interesting, interesting to say the least. It's been a yeah. camera that's been on a lot of people's minds, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they do with it. Yeah. And, uh, I guess the last thing for camera news, and, and I kept this for last cause there's, there's not really much out there that isn't already out there, but the, uh, red Komodo, uh, the Stormtroopers start shipping this week. Um, mm. some lucky got, uh, people who live in LA have been able to pick him up from, uh, directly from the factory. Um, mm. I think, you know, if, if all goes well, fingers crossed mine will get shipped out this week and I'll have more to talk about it. But, you know, I think the first firmware that had really good. Oh, decent autofocus just was rolled out this past week. So it's interesting to see this camera, um, and how it, you know, unfolds because there's really, there's been some footage that we've seen. There hasn't really been a Mm -hmm. lot. There hasn't been a lot Mm -hmm. of varying scenarios and, you know, I'm kind of jumping in, hoping, um, hoping for the best. So, you know, we'll see, but you know, this week is, I think you probably won't see a lot of footage maybe this week, but probably the following week. Uh, you'll start seeing some Komodo footage, and it's still technically yeah. beta, but it's it's better than than what's been out there so far. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, what
1: are you most excited for for the Komodo?
0: I think the main thing for me is, uh, and and it's not going to be quite ready when when I get it, but it's going to be the autofocus. Uh, and a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, autofocus, how, how (laughs) that's blasphemy. And it's like, no, like, listen, I don't plan on using the autofocus when I'm shooting features or even indie features. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, when, if I want to go shoot a music video, I want to go shoot an event and they're like, Hey, you know, we want you to bring the red out. Well, I can bring the red out and I can put it on a gimbal and the autofocus should be good enough. To where, you know, I don't really have to have, I don't have to pull the focus. I don't have to have a first AC pull focus. You know, we're in, we're in COVID times right now to where you need to limit the amount of people that are on set. Uh, And sometimes for certain situations, depending on how good this autofocus ends up being, uh, you could potentially not have to have a first AC for some of your shots, depending on the complexity and how well it ends up being. Um, and and for a lot of documentary stuff, I'll still have a first AC. Um, but for that documentary work, I could potentially have this thing on a slider and not have to have a first AC and that, you know, smaller crews right now, I think they were kind of looked down upon before because they're like, Oh, we, we want to get the best look possible. And that's not just about Mm -hmm. camera. That's about having all of the crew in the right spots. And now it's kind of like, yeah, we want the best look possible, but like, you, you, and you don't need to be here. You producer, you can do this over the phone virtually. Um, you know, you don't need to be here either. And it's kind of like now it's becoming a plus. And so mm-hmm. autofocus, weirdly enough, could potentially be a plus, just like on the uh, Canon That's
1: camera, a so. great, that's a great point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because now I know a lot of things we've downscaled too. We're down to probably one to, when it comes to like Notre Dame stuff, we are a crew of three, but we rarely work on projects together. We, everybody has individual packages now. Mm-hmm. So that's very true. Um, we have Josh in the chat by the way, real
0: quick. He's saying, when is the do we have any idea when the komodo is available to the general public? Now, because things went south in l a, Jared's made some posts basically originally. he He made a comment saying potentially later this year, maybe September-ish, but things are are going south in l a. And one of the things that I applaud them for, is i think there was like a hundred of us on that stormtrooper list and i think mm. what they ended up doing was because they saw things went south it looks like they just went and they made all the cameras yeah, instead of like making them batches at a time and i think that's why yeah, you know it that way i, saw pictures.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean I, they they went radio silent for a few weeks you know people mm. me included were kind of like hey you know we got a confirmation that we're getting the camera but um, mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything. And then Jared mm-hmm. came out and made a post and he showed all those pictures. And he's like, Look, if you got this confirmation uh from from this guy, Clark, who's I guess their VIP sales guy, you're in. Mm-hmm. You you you're getting the stormtrooper. It's there's a lot going on, and you could see by the amount of stormtroopers they made. I think this was probably was the biggest lot. batch that they've made of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. probably for any camera they've done. And this is mm-hmm. just for the people that have ordered it. They're still gonna have to do some for retailers, I believe. I don't know that as a fact, but when I was speaking to a few people through that I've met through the Komodo group, which is an amazing group, um, mm-hmm. that's what they said. They said that uh, that there, there's still some to be made, but they're trying to knock these out before a potential lockdown happens in LA again. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. We don't know when it's going to be released. Hopefully, it gets released, you know, before the holidays this year. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. well before the holidays. But you know, they're they're a little bit more community based at Red than some of the bigger factories, which. They're not based in LA, a lot of the bigger factories. They're like what China, Taiwan, uh, Japan, uh, Korea, you know, there's a lot of different countries that these, that like where Canon is making their cameras for instance. So, um, we'll see, you know, I, the real question is we don't know, you know, hopefully soon. And, and hopefully this time of all of us having this camera, uh, in this beta release, makes it almost easier for them to come out with the camera and, and you know, come out with it swinging and be like, you know, right. all those right. things that we said may get released at a at a different date. Well, because all these people were testing out the camera and took the leap and made the jump, you know, we now right. can do this when the camera comes out. So we'll see. I The, the autofocus looks promising. I saw Philip Grossman's okay. test he did, and it looked pretty decent. For, for what I would use it for, I, I wouldn't right. trust it necessarily for shooting wakeboarding right now because I think that's probably <laughs> way too much motion. But, like, oh, yeah. for shooting yeah. a documentary interview, it looked pretty solid from what I
1: saw. So we'll have to see. Um, so it comes with an integrated uh, RF mount. So are you going to be switching out lenses or – what's your what's So your, so your at, when when or? I get
0: the camera right now even though it comes with an integrated RF mount it's only working with EF unless your RF lens is completely manual um gotcha. so they're actually okay. even including the RF to EF adapter for these for this okay. round of stormtroopers because it's kind of like you have to use EF you don't have you don't have a choice so right now mm-hmm. all, all, it's going to be all my EF glass the good news is I've been using EF glass for years. That's what I use primarily on the pocket. That's what I've used on all my cameras before through, a, through speed boosters, essentially. Um, so I'm, I'm good on that end. It's going to be all, all EF glass. Um, and, and yeah, uh, you know, some, some of the stuff's manual. Some of it is, uh, um, some of it's electronic, like the Sigma 18 to 35 and uh, Canon seventy two hundred. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the other thing I'm actually kind of looking forward to, I don't know if I'll jump into it off the bat after I buy it, but the speed booster for the RF mount, that's something I'm interested in doing oh. at some point.
1: Are they making it or is it? They've already made it? it.
0: They've already oh, made, they made it. it. Okay. And it's for, well, no, 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 uh, Metabones. It's Metabones. Uh, oh, Metabones. It, was okay. made, it was made for the uh, our EOS R because mm. the EOS R, has a heavy crop in 4k. I'm sure you, I'm sure you know, it's, it's pretty, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's pretty crazy. And so they Mm -hmm. came out with the speed booster really to combat it. And I think it was to get it to like super 35 or something like that, but they made it for that. Um, and so what I'm interested in and why I'm not going to jump on it off the bat is does that speed booster, will it work with the Komodo or is it going to be a black magic situation where yeah, there were, Plenty of micro four thirds speed boosters, but we have to now make a special one because the sensor is different and you'll get artifacts, mm-hmm. more artifacting in your footage than than you mm-hmm. would on a traditional micro four thirds. That's kind yeah. of what I'm waiting for, because I'd rather not buy the speed booster, find out it's useless than have to sell it. Right. Um both we'll, we'll cheap
1: either. They normally run about right. seven hundred to eight hundred bucks. So
0: yeah, I think I think it I think the RF one is six fifty. Could I That's could be wrong. No, okay. I think it's six fifty, but again, you know,
1: rather, uh, I rather because it's not like a it's not like a locking mount; it's just like a regular twist and correct, mount. correct, I mean, okay. correct.
0: I'm sure the locking mount's probably like seven hundred or more. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I know Phil Holland. He he has actually a Komodo right now. He's got one of the first ones. He has okay. a speed booster, so it would be great to find out his thoughts on right. on how it works. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's pretty really much where the Komodo's at. You know, I'll I'll, I'll of course be. Doing videos here on the channel, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Well, yeah, I can't wait to see, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see it either. And and you know, I'll bring everyone along <laughs> for the journey. I'll be doing some of these live streams. Probably not yeah. from the Komodo in the beginning because I'm actually going to get that uh, Black Magic uh, recorder, the
1: Mini, recorder. Uh, the yeah. one they just came out with. Yeah, and um, Nilo at the price with that too, man. I hope they'll. Yeah. Um, I should pick one up. Like I said before, I should pick yep. one up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good price. I think it was like 110 bucks. Uh, that's yeah, cheaper than a Camlink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the cam links like a, over 110 bucks, not seeing the Komodo available. Yeah. The Komodo is not available right now before, uh, here, I'll bring it up in the chat. Uh, not seeing the Komodo available for pre-order yet. Yeah, it's not available for pre-order. So right now, uh, in, in order to get the Komodo, there was a period of time that you could have emailed red directly and pre-ordered it through them. Um, mm-hmm. which it was a special edition of the camera. Um, mm-hmm. but I, they closed the pre-orders on the 6th. So now if you want to get the special edition of the camera, there will be some retailers that have it. But I, I think because like, you know, no one's really known exactly when they were going to get it. Like I got my confirmation, I think like, a, a like just after July 4th. So it's kind of like, you know, B and H is reputable. They're not going to put something out there and make you wait, you know, be like, Hey, we don't know when it's coming out. Um, right. So I would wait. Yeah. Um, so so yeah that that's that's the komodo line and, and also for the everyone who's listening um, after we've been live, just to let you know, you've probably seen we're talking about people in the chat and whatnot. We are actually doing this episode live on YouTube. So next time mm-hmm. if you want to catch us live, check out youtube.com slash c slash reach films and you could join in. Uh, on these live shows. Cause now we can do this. We can, we can go live. I can have Joshua on in person and we can discuss mm-hmm. and we can see our I can see Joshua's beautiful face and we could just, you know, talk cameras, which is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So um, let's talk to the uh, let's talk about the, the big elephant, which is, which is probably the, the rest of the, uh, the episode experience with the black magic pocket cinema camera. Oh yes. um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's been over two years since it was announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I got mine in August of 2018. So it's not quite two years, but next month mm-hmm. it's, it's two years. Um, mm-hmm. it's been a, a, an interesting ride. And I yeah, kind yeah. of alluded to that in the beginning. Um, yeah. so you said you got yours like six months after it was released, right?
1: Yeah, I got mine. So I actually was there for the announcement and release of it. Well, the announcement of it at NAB 2018. And I remember putting out mm-hmm. a post like, man, this thing is ugly. But at the time, I was just—I was really just getting into filmmaking. I had a GH five, so I was learning all these things. And um, six months after, I was coming back from Africa, and I and I was like, "Hey, let me just order this now because I waited long enough." Where all the books and there was a lot of this problems with the camera starting out. So I, I waited because so I knew I wanted to go that direction next. Uh, got mine in June of last year, and then I actually just sold it recently. But um, I actually had really good experience with it for the most part. Um, I mean, I could keep going if you want. If you want me to no, go. no. Tell, tell me, tell me. I'll, I'll. You go. Yeah. Um, the major thing that I loved about the camera was the introduction of b roth Like that changed my whole uh workflow of, um, getting understanding one understanding color science and and color grading a whole that whole ecosystem, right? Because DaVinci Resolve was the real selling point. It was given to you once you purchased the camera. So yep. I, I, I just dove. I just completely committed to that whole system. And doing so um, um, just opened up a whole new world of of post processing and filmmaking. So uh, mm-hmm. the, color, the the understanding B raw on the, the, on the Micro system um, mm-hmm. was was really just a joy of of making that camera work for me. I used it for many projects. I used it for music videos. Um, uh, I've done. I did a short. I did. I was like a short poetic film with it. Um, mm-hmm. I was one, not one of the first, but I threw anamorphic glass on it, even though it didn't have anamorphic settings at the time. Right. And I remember people so were like, what are you post? doing? <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing? There's nothing for anamorphic. I had anamorphic micro like, four third lenses. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. let me just do this anyway. So I, I did that, <laughs> um, made a whole video about that process. It had a super wide two six six aspect ratio and I loved it. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was using a two X lenses. So it was so on a 16 by nine field of view sensor, right? Even though it was four three but mm-hmm. um um and then you know that really got me started to do all these types of rigs and kitting out and figure out the best way to to use it on on a on a shoot and, and um and, and from everyone's
0: experience you kind of have to rig this thing like, you kind of yeah you, you do And going in.
1: yeah we, every time you talk about the black magic pocket you talk about the battery life you talk about uh storage capacity to all these other mm-hmm. things so what i, I mean i i of a cfast car and v-mount batteries that's mm-hmm. what i that's what i knew i was going to do going in i did not want to have a headache about any of that um i never you. had any crash
0: huh no i said i'm with you
1: yeah i didn't yeah i didn't have any crashes with my camera which was great um i knew there was a lot of just headaches people were experiencing still um mm-hmm. so i'm curious like what did you oh and eventually i got the speed booster i got some gotcha. because i purchased some full frame lenses and mm-hmm. I didn't like the speed booster experience, even though this was the one that was outfitted for the back magic pocket.
0: Really? Um, okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I got the one. I got the EF um, locking system that was designed specifically for the pocket. Mm-hmm. And um, that my experience with that was um, it introduced. I have I have apochromatic lenses from Estel Magic, and basically, mm-hmm. do you know what apochromatic is?
0: It, it 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 specifically has the cr- chromatic things bluffed bu- out through the coating, right or no? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it, it, oh, there's okay. an extra element in there that helps correct um, fringing, chromatic aberration, Gotcha, gotcha, green, whatever tint, right? So it's a it's a, it's a really great lens wide open. Gotcha. Um, and okay. um, so when so when you're ever putting a piece of glass in between your sensor and your lens, it's going to introduce some other type of character, and that's what it was doing. Yep. It was it was introducing chromatic aberration, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Uh, and now lens purist. I'm, I'm well. I'm learning to be a lens purist to see what what are the true qualities of a lens. And mm-hmm. so having that just kind of just messed me up. I'm like, yeah, yep. I really don't feel yep. like it. Was, it worked best on cloudy days, low contrast. Yeah, uh, but on high Absolutely. contrast days, yeah, it was just like, no, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, it, and added mm-hmm. distortion on because it it's magnifying the sensor from 1.9 whatever to 1.2. Um, uh, you know close to full frame Mm. so it's going to interest. so you did so you
0: did the the full frame the xl uh black magic specific okay yeah okay good to know good to know
1: and um maybe you know maybe those who have the 7.1 has better experience because it's not trying to really stretch to get that y Mm. to that magnification um, mm-hmm. But I had the XL, and I wanted I wanted it that wide to see what it looks like on closer to get to full frame. Because yeah, yeah. To to well, that. I mean, you you can
0: get a little bit more um, depth. You can get more shallow depth of field, especially mm-hmm. if you're able to get closer to your subject and you're closer yeah. in the lens. You can get a little yeah. bit more shallow depth of field. It's just the science of it, and, and mm-hmm. I'm with you. That, that's why I had the XL and the the Ultra, but I did I did oh, not okay. have the Black Magic specific ones though. Um, I had, I had the ones that were made for like traditional micro four thirds cameras. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to hear that you had those problems still with the black magic specific ones. Cause I thought, um, you know, that it could possibly be that these were made for micro four thirds. And I remember seeing, um, I think his name is Brian Caldwell. He's the guy who does the optics for metabones. And he was saying Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the, the sensor stack of the black magic pocket was slightly different. Just like mm-hmm. the old pocket was. And so they had to create these specific meta bones to shoot at wider apertures. So you didn't yeah. have this kind of distortion at, at like, you know, you're taking a Sigma and shooting speed boosted 1.8 to 1.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have issues if you were using the traditional Ultra and they were supposed to eliminate or mostly eliminate the issues on the Black Magic. But yeah. it sounds like not if you were still having the aberrations. Yeah. Um, Cause like, that's what um, I was worried about.
1: Yeah cuz like I was doing that was I was in the middle I was in the middle of doing a review with the 8 the Sigma 18 to 35 the te, uh, yeah. the Rokinon 24 and the SLR Magic 25 and mm-hmm. um on the Ultra uh, sorry on the XL on the widest end on the 18 to 35 um you get the stretching distortion so the corners yeah. are really stretched and really soft mm-hmm. um so like I mean I wouldn't imagine because like I said if you put now it you're, in saying 18? Lens, you're
0: saying on eighteen you're yeah, saying on eighteen when you like, try with the XL yeah and well and I mean, there is, there is definitely vignetting there is definitely vignetting. Yeah, vignetting yeah there was
1: vignetting yeah there's the barrel barrel vignetting from it too because obviously that's a and that's a super thirty five lens right uh, crop sensor lens so yeah you're gonna run into that on the widest end but on the full frame um, there was vignetting too right
0: I noticed yeah. when I used the XL that I really could only use like between 30 and 35, um, mm-hmm. and that was it. That's all I could use out yeah. of it where I felt comfortable using the XL. Uh, mm-hmm. Ultra, obviously, I didn't have that issue, uh, but right, the XL, right. I was like, I remember there was one time, I think I shot at like 28 mil, uh, and it looked like all, I was shooting a short film, and it looked like I was all good, but I was also camera opping and we were like at someone's house, and we were like rolling around, doing different setups. And I went and I looked in post, and for some of the shots that I was at 28, because I was using the XL, there was slight vignetting mm. in the corners. And I'm like, well, we're gonna yeah. have to crop in on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, 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 it is what it is, but I mean I was not super stoked on that. And that's why I'm like, all right, well, on the XL, I'm basically shooting at 35 <laughs> and I and I know I'm good to go, but that's not really the best way to operate. Um right,
1: right. Ben hasn't but, had Ben said, I'm sorry, Joshua has um he's been using the pocket and he hasn't had any issues. Up.
0: The XL, the Sigmar Prime, no issues in that regard. Uh, never had a single issue. Well, so, so I'll actually get into my issues, but I'm going to get into them at the end of, of my experience because it'll kind of explain mm-hmm. not why I got rid of the Pocket. I still have the Pocket. It's right back here. Mm-hmm. I love the camera. It's just I don't want to use it uh, as a primary camera unless I need to. Um, right. So I got yeah. the Pocket at release. I had the OG Pocket. I still have one. It's actually on the gimbal behind me, but um, <laughs> you know, I got it and I loved it, but there were issues. Like I never shot raw on the original pocket. I didn't want to deal mm-hmm. with the file sizes uh, mm-hmm. and, and dealing with editing. Cause I couldn't do it in premiere at the time. Um, but you know, I knew what the camera was capable of. So when they announced the four K I was shooting with the GH five and a GH four at the time. And I'm like, all right, well micro four thirds, I'll get this thing off the bat. Since I put in the, I put in the order, like, it got announced it be at a uh, at um nab uh nab
1: and nab yeah
0: yeah at nab and it literally the second it went live on bnh i put my order in and then i asked them i'm like i'm like hey so where am i in line cuz i know this is going to be a pretty popular camera and they're like we don't give our numbers out but you're going to be getting <laughs> the first shipment i'm like all right cool and I'm hmm. like, I didn't even think at the time. I'm like, oh yeah, I've had the cinema camera and the and the other pocket camera, and I had issues when I first got them. The, the original pocket camera had this crazy issue where if you had bright light sources, it would turn into mm-hmm. a white orb on in the footage. It wasn't fixable, um, and so you had oh, to send wow. the camera in, and they had to fix whatever it was and send it back to you. So, anyways, I mm-hmm. forgot about that. I was mm-hmm. too enamored with the footage. I saw, I think I saw John Browley's footage. And I was just uh. like, oh, this thing's amazing. This thing looks amazing. The <laughs> color science looks great. I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. I'm going to do it. So fast forward to when I get it, um, I had some issues. I had power issues right off the bat, like within mm-hmm. 24 hours. A- at that point, I already had to send it in. Uh, I also had issues with my screen. Uh, my screen had some crazy color on it. It was like green tinted and it had like lines through it. So I was like, <laughs> Mm-mm. uh, this is going, definitely going back. I'm glad I still have my GH5 and my GH4. Now the Blackmagic's credit, they took care of it. They took care of it. Yeah. I got it back, or yeah. uh, I think like a week later, maybe like eight days later. And they got it back and it's the same camera I have now. But after using it for a while, you know, I love the XLR, uh, you know, be, ha- not having to have, uh, use my zoom recorder, not having to have, um, a separate, ma- um, Device, I forget what it was called on the GH five, but it was basically a separate device. Um, oh, the audio the, device. The audio device, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I like being able to have it all routed into the camera. Um, the GH five had the um, had the LUTs where you could put the LUTs on, just like the pocket. But the pocket, you could burn them in if you needed to. I only did it mm-hmm. for like the first month I had the camera, but I did it mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to deal with grading. Uh, right. And and you know, I, I at the time I tried uh, raw but just like the OG pocket, I'm like, with CDNG, it isn't working for me. You know, when I was shooting short films, people weren't having it. They're like, I'm not taking these thousands of files. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm shooting ProRes. And then I got kind of like upset with the camera. Cause I'm like, the color science is insane. I love the look of this camera, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like I'm shooting in, in ProRes, which oh, is right, easy to right. handle on the computer, but like and I shot 10-bit on my GH5 in, in log, and mm-hmm. you know I just kind of felt like I'm like, eh, maybe 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 it wasn't the best choice. Uh, and then I think that I, – I still used it, though. I still love the camera, but, I mean, between that and the, the battery life, which was nowhere near what the GH5 did, I had to have V-mounts. Um, yeah. I was using SD cards for the footage, but I had, like, oh, wow. the V90 ones you needed for the GH5, okay. so they yeah. worked fine for any 24p. Um, anything on ProRes and B-Raw, which I'll get to after. But, you know, I just, I wasn't the, I didn't hate the camera. I just wasn't in love with it like I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with B-Raw. And I, I you know, I did a whole short film in B-Raw. And at the time you couldn't edit it in Premiere. You had to do it in DaVinci. So I was glad I didn't have to edit it. But uh, I played <laughs> with it in DaVinci since they give it to you. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I did a few other commercials. Uh, I still shot those commercials in ProRes because I had to edit them. And at the time, again, you couldn't um, you couldn't edit in Premiere with the B-RAW. Uh You let me rephrase. You could, but you had to get a plugin that was not made by Blackmagic or Premiere. Right. I wasn't really right. willing to mess with that. Right. Um, I, I remember that. Yeah. So, and then they they released the uh, the plugin. They released the official plugin from Black Magic. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like almost a year after the camera's been out. And I basically yeah. just been shooting ProRes for for a while. Oh
1: wow. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: And I, I was just kind of like, all right, let's mess with this. And so I went and and that's when I started editing the short film together that I shot B Raw that I didn't have to edit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is insane. Yeah. Like, first of all, the file sizes, the the amount of customization I have. Um It was it. It it changed it for me, and then from Mm them, from then on, everything I do is B raw. Every commercial I shoot is B raw. Like no matter what, even if it's like something that's not really important, I shoot it. Mm -hmm. If it's not important, I shoot twelve to one. Yeah. Um. It's it's been that was kind of what opened my my eyes because you know with Reds when we ever when we rented them we shot raw of course. But it was a little bit easier. It wasn't thousands mm-hmm. of files, like you know, it wasn't a file per frame, so it was a little bit more manageable. But with BRAW, it got back to that simplicity, and I'm just like, this is, I, I love it. Um, I and I didn't want to go back. And then, and then the fact too, when they did the next release of BRAW, where they had it to where if you're using a monitoring LUT, it would not bake the LUT into your footage but it would bake well. like the file the cube file yeah so that yeah, your editor
1: you can, could then you can do, do that yeah mm-hmm. Yep. that I was really huge like that feature a lot,
0: actually. yeah I, I personally don't use it myself but who mm-hmm. does use it is editors that i give the files to that now have the cube file without me having to even send it to them which yeah, i really exactly.
1: like Right. Um, if you dial in your own LUT and put that on there, it's basically baked into metadata so you can turn it on and off. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was and that was a great feature, I thought.
0: It was, it was. I never saw it coming and, and I love it. Now, what was interesting is that was definitely a firmware thing in the camera because when I went and I went back to my old B RAW footage, that stuff wasn't there. So it was definitely a firmware thing. Uh, but it kind of makes sense. You know, how would it have known to to save the the cube file back then? Um, mm. so once, once I, once B-Raw was accessible to me, then I was like, all right, I'm stoked with this camera, but I started <laughs> shooting with it way more. And then that's when I sold my GH5. I'm like, all right, I don't need this thing anymore, Back, you know, <laughs> black magic all the way. Um, yeah. and so I started shooting with it a lot and I loved the image, but then I started seeing some imperfections, uh, through mm. using the speed booster, not through using a mm. micro four thirds glass, but speed booster specifically. And it was really only imperfections at super wide apertures, you know, shooting like 1.2, uh, mm-hmm. on a Sigma 18 to 35, 1.8. So it was a speed boosted 1.2. Mm-hmm. But like when I was shooting at it, I noticed hazing, which, which a lot of people said only happened with the Viltrox. I I saw it on mine and, and the, the easiest way I could pick it out that it was a speed booster was there was one shoot I did where I had a pocket 6k and I had a pocket 4k. Both had yeah,
1: the okay. you sent me Yeah, you me I sent you the stills.
0: I sent you the stills. Mm-hmm. Both had the Sigma 18 to 35, and I mm-hmm. saw hazing in this crazy in this light source that wasn't crazy bright, but I was right. shooting at the same aperture, and they were both. I think the 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 Sigma the 6K was at eight uh, 1.8. And the 4K was at 1.8 as well, including Mm -hmm. the speed boosted. So just so light wise, light transmission wise, it was the same and the exact same exposure. And it was only showing up in the 4K. And it wasn't a deal breaker for me, but I'm like, you know, I always knew it was there. I've shot things and I kind of noticed the aberrations. I've noticed the purple fringing, but it was never like really bad enough for me to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't like this camera. It was always just slightly (laughs) noticeable. Um, and, and, and I think part of the reason I let it go for so long is that stuff wasn't really present on the GH five. Like, you know, I'm using one right now with, um, with the speed booster. And I, you know, when I do these, there's, there's really no fringing, like there's purple, but that's a light, <laughs> you know, like there's right. no yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: My outline or anything like that. Um, right, right. And, and it was just, it was really just the speed booster, not meshing as well with the pocket cinema camera. And that's kind of. You know, that's why I have basically dialed down, thank God for dual ISO, because now when I use the speed booster, I shoot at the proper aperture uh, to expose mm-hmm. and get, I get the look I want, but I just have to avoid it. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to move towards the Komodo or some other camera uh, that did not need speed boosters to at least get super 35. And that was kind of my, my heartbreak with it, but I love it. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the best combo I've actually had with it is this combo back here. Um, This is the seventy, the seventy to two hundred f four from Canon with the XL because uh-huh. speed boosted. Mm-hmm. It's it's two point eight, and I right. guess what I've noticed is with telephoto lenses, even if they're if you're shooting with like the Canon 7200 2.8 and it gets speed boosted to one point eight or two, it doesn't mm-hmm. really have those issues. It's really with the wider um, glass, you know, shooting with the okay. Tokina eleven to sixteen,
1: yeah, the yeah. Sigma.
0: Um, uh-huh. But it's some of those stuff where a lot of people don't talk about it and a lot of people don't see it because they're not looking for it. And you're only gonna find it by shooting and shooting with multiple cameras to to know when it is there and when it isn't there. And I think that's the biggest problem. A lot of a lot of people they're shooting with the one camera or they're shooting with like the same camera and the same setup for a shoot. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, Oh, it looks it looks good to me, and it it may not right. look bad but we're, we're filmmakers, you know, we see those little things and the client may be happy with that. Uh, and you may have done a great job, but then at least, you know, just get some takeaway from it and learn, be like, you know what, exactly. I did notice that's there. And if you're, if you're, if it's not very noticeable and you're happy with it, then that's awesome. But right. some people aren't, like, like you said, you didn't start off mm-hmm. as a lens purist. But as you started mm-hmm. doing this, you kind of became one. And I would yeah. say that same thing happened to me where the more mm-hmm. and more I shot and I learned like, you know, I didn't like this combo. I'm going to have to change it up here. Um, I, I'm going to have to shoot native for this shoot because I know I, I need this. I need to shoot at like 1.8 and I can't do that on the speed mm-hmm. booster. You do it by mm-hmm. shooting, but you also do it by shooting with different cameras. So it's, it was an interesting right. um, journey that I took with the Pocket 4K. I still have it. I still love it. Um, one of our editors was actually going to use it once I got the Komodo in, but I ended up keeping it uh, just because I want to now use it as a second camera with it, and I also yeah, want to shoot some yeah. tests, shoot it up against it. Yeah, I definitely
1: want to see some files with those two, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is no, we'll uh, uh, be getting it's, um, them. Is the Red Raw, um, that workflow a little bit more integrated with LEs, or is it still their standalone Oh no, um you you can use it you can
0: use uh, red code in premiere. Um like like okay. so, I, so to give you an example on on the Star Trek fan film, I wasn't the original DP um mm-hmm. and that I kind of inherited the position and so I needed to get some of the files just to see like how they were shot because I wasn't even told that we were shooting in Cinemascope uh at <laughs> uh, 2.40 to 1. Um, and and so some of the stuff I shot was at like 16.9. So, you know, mm-hmm. luckily I shot it full resolution. So you just, you know, take your cutout and, sh- and put it 240 to one. But it was like I needed some of that footage to do it and I just plopped it in Premiere. No problem. Same with the Komodo footage. Uh, the Komodo okay. footage is already set on Premiere, uh, that has already been released as far as oh, uh, being awesome. able to play it in there. So, uh, it's easy. Um, Sweet. Bing Bing says Sweet. that metal helps uh, red coat a lot, and I would tend to agree. Um, I haven't edited red footage nearly as much as I've done pretty much every other camera I've shot on mm-hmm. it. But I've never, I've never mm-hmm. been, I've never been the editor on any of those films.
1: Same, so yeah, I I never touched it. the editing process with that. I've shot on the Gemini and the Raven and mm-hmm. uh, those two actually, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I've never touched red red footage before, other than.
0: Me yeah. Are. I mean, it's been fine on my computer to be fair, but I'm, I'm running CUDA, which is, um, it's the NVIDIA card. I, I basically have the last Mac they made before they scrapped NVIDIA and you uh, know, knock on wood. It's been, it's been chugging through like amazing. You know, this thing's yeah. like five years old now and I still, yeah. I still do some amazing work on it. Uh, oh, I'm probably going to end up getting a desktop here for the Komodo. Uh, just because I'm sure oh, you, have
1: they, you have a laptop, you have a laptop right now.
0: Yeah, I'm using it right now. I'm uh, it's the uh, 2015 MacBook Pro. Um, got you, got you. It was whatever the highest, highest spec one it was at the time. Because the way right I the time. way I roll with these is you buy them and then you, you roll with them for five years at least. Uh, oh, yeah. the Apples, but uh, yeah, but yeah, the, well, dude, we've already hit an hour. Can you believe that? Well, it happened fast. <laughs> I know, I know, right? We like, oh, we yeah, scroll through this. Now. Yeah,
1: I, I can't that's believe pretty it. because it's pretty good. Actually, yeah,
0: yeah. But, uh, Bing's Bing's telling me I should build a, a threadripper PC, and yeah, you, you never know. I think the only reason I was thinking about going Apple is just because we have credit card points, and they uh, you can you know, we I have enough to get a Mac, so I was like, I don't oh, know nice. what I have to pay for it. So yeah, that's the only true, reason. True. Otherwise, I would totally be PC. I'm. I'm. I was ready to be a PC convert for away from Mac, but you don't always. You sometimes you know I something comes your way. way I know. I know.
1: But uh, yeah, I rather I rather I stick with a Mac that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it is what it is. You know, I'm just going with the flow here. But but, dude, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I really absolutely. appreciate it. It's been great. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. We got to do this again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely want to uh, compare footage. I'm still getting my bearings down with the S6 ZCam S6. Um, like I said earlier, I was trying to. I'm. I'm dabbling a little bit with ProRes RAW now, uh, mm-hmm. seeing what that workflow w- looks like. Um, but I definitely want to, you know, share some professional insight with this cam or Komodo when it comes. Absolutely, uh, I'm excited for you. I'm psyched for you to see what you create with that. How far? Oh, so we're in the process. Um, it's the short film now because I know got things got kind of slowed down for you. So, uh, so we were, I want to say we were like
0: 50, 60% done when, mm-hmm. when we did that last shoot in March. And then we really mm-hmm. just had one shoot left, but it was a lot of interview stuff that we had to shoot, um, which fills in a lot of the story gap. So okay. we still have to shoot that and we have to go to LA for that. Um, especially cause most of the actors all are, that we haven't shot with, they all live in LA. Um, right, okay. so we're, so we're just kind of waiting to plan that out with COVID, you know, we're, we're SAG. So mm-hmm. we had to wait until SAG released the, okay. And this is kind of what you need to do to to yeah. film. And they did that. Uh, but I think, you know, without naming names, some of the actors still want to wait a little bit. Um, and, and they're, they're pretty integral to, uh, mm-hmm. to the production and I wouldn't want to sh- yeah. I wouldn't want to recast. And, and there are people that like, these are actors that are huge in sci-fi that nobody even knows is going to be wow. in the movie. So it's which is going to be you pretty. you cool.
1: telling me about that, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. um, but it's uh, you know, I think right now we're just kind of not waiting for a vaccine, but just kind of working with everybody to make sure that um, it, uh, the 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 short answer. I've been going way too long with this. Short answers. We're hoping October. We're hoping okay. October yeah. and you know, your fingers crossed. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We have one test shoot that we may do at the end of August that we'll use mm-hmm. the Komodo for. And there's uh this cool, cool dude named Tim Doust who lives in uh, Atlanta. And uh, I was talking about him bringing his Komodo out too. Um, and we'll see that, that test shoot was supposed to be some behind the scenes stuff. Um, a few little web shorts to kind of tide people over uh, since the film isn't going to be out in November, mm-hmm. like we thought it was. And, you know, then, then hopefully we're good for October. So, you know, okay. fingers crossed, man.
1: Yeah. I hope, I, hope it starts soon for you guys. I kind of, I want to yeah. see the finished product. So
0: <laughs> yeah, no, me, me too. Me too. It's I gonna, know. it's gonna end up being over a year since, since we did the, the first shoot. Um, yeah, So it'd be nice to finish it. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, and thank you everybody Absolutely. for joining us live. Uh, you know, and if you guys liked it, please hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell. And you'll see when we go live and we do these shows and, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, you could be part of the conversation. So I think we'll end it with that. Thank you again, Joshua. And I'll see everybody in
1: the next video. Adios guys. All right. See ya.